Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And this is show number 918, season 9, episode 18. And I entitled this episode, Social Credit Society, Calls for Population Control, and Elite Externalization. Why? Well, not only do we talk about how social media is driving a fracturing within society, but we also talk about how earlier this week, you literally had 1,100 scientists just call outright for killing people. We just got to start killing people because climate change. Abortions for climate change isn't enough. Uh, uh, cannibalism for climate change isn't enough. We just have to outright start killing people. And then in the final segment, we get into some of the curious things that Hillary Clinton has been doing, showing her face in office or in, in, in public and so much more. Joy Behar telling Americans, uh, we're going to come take your guns and so much more. Those Mormons that were massacred at the, uh, uh, the southern border, humanoids entering the workplace and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, the days that we are in truly are historic and prophetic at certain levels. Uh, but before I start this show, a few quick updates. Make sure you check out the description bar and our website for the episode we did with Ezekiel Reyes, formerly known as Blackson Organite, in the description bar below, as well as the mini-cast that we did earlier this week, Honesty When True Seeking. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to... Another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction. Whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 918, season 9, episode 18. I think I should let you guys know ahead of time that I have a little bit of a the touch of the flu. The simplest way to say it is somebody around me had a government-mandated shot for working in the medical health field, and I made some bodily contact and exchanged some fluids to where now I am sick, secondarily and having to fight it but not as lethal as the person that gave it to me uh, and I think that's important because I, we, we always talk about health and so much more uh, but, but before I go into that jag because it, it, it plays a huge part in this I want to start this episode off by saying remember remember the 5th of November gunpowder treason and plot I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgotten Guy Fox, Guy Fox, twas his intent to blow up the king and the parliament. Three score barrels of powder below, poor old English t- England to overthrow. By God's providence, he was catched with a dark lantern and a burning match. Holler, boys, holler, boys, let the bells ring. Holler, boys, holler, boys, God save the king. I wanted to start this episode off by saying that because we just had November 5th pass. And for people who were unfamiliar as to why we're talking about the gunpowder treason and plot. They're the reason why we see these archetypal masks. They come from Anonymous, the Guy Fox mask, the V for Vendetta mask. And now we talk of treason, gun control, and conspiracies here in America. Even today... I tell you guys all the time, rebellion is in the air and we can smell it. It's that spirit of chaos just 
working its way through. And I also think that's another thing to talk about. We always think that evil is the only thing that can uh, uh, cause this level of adversity, cause this level of chaos. But we always forget that during these ambiguous days, whenever everything's just kind of so strange and out there, the good can be created as well. The good can be literally constructed in front of us. And that's something that people need to understand. We can't give power to the, to the people that plot their, their, their very own demise and ours as well. We also have to conspire to create something better than what we're, we're receiving and what we're perceiving. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is a good time for me to tell you, as I said before, uh, I am recovering from a bit of a touch of a flu. So I'm going to call, I'm going to have what I call sick brain uh, throughout this entire episode. Hopefully it doesn't pop up much. I'm going to try to be as short and to the point and not go on, on on crazy tangents because then you'll just get a whole different show. But I want to talk about these types of topics, get this type of stuff out there, get the episode done with as little incident as possible. Uh, I haven't really been feeling well for the past few days, let alone this entire week. But I wanted to do this uh, because it shows that we need to do these things regardless of however we feel. I couldn't phone it in. I had episodes and stuff that needed to get out. But if I can't get over this one simple hurdle, well, hell, how am I going to be able to fight biological warfare? How am I going to be able to fight or, or build the stamina or the immune system and the mental fortitude to fight through other obstacles and other hurdles. You see, you have to understand that what's happening right now is a strengthening of the spirit, a renewal of the soul, an emboldening of the heart, and a refinement of the mind. Oh, I could have phoned it in. I could have said, oh, well, you know, you know, I could have phoned in another episode and just said, hey, you guys are getting enough content with the Instagram Live and the, and the, and and Ezekiel Reyes's episode and so much more. But that's not the mindset that we need these days. We have got to stop procrastinating. We have got to stop follow, finding the easiest way out. We have got to stop trying to shortcut things. We've got to build things that are based upon the very found the, the, the very foundations and the and the and the morals that we believe. You see, and I felt like. By coming up here, doing this episode with you good people, breaking down that I don't feel good, but still being able to move forward head first with all this other stuff and break it down, that's the point. It's that commitment that we're always talking about, and what better way to do it. And with that being said, let's start the show. And I'm sorry if the sick brain <laughs> takes over too much, but... Uh, I want to say first off, also, thank you guys for tuning in to the previous episode we did, the Paranormal Perspective Volume 8. We got a lot of good feedback on that. Uh, I think it it could have been more impactful. It could have been deeper because of the days that we live in. I mean, I think that's why it was so crazy is because of the days that we live in, how strange and paranormal they already are, uh, and what we really consider the paranormal, what we consider the supernatural and the strange. And so in future transmissions or even separate mini-casts, we'll break that down and, and, and why that perception is there. But I want to say thank you guys for tuning into that. It was really, really, uh, we, we, we really did get a decent amount of responses for that, from that. <laughs> and I'm just honored to be here to do that. And I think that's a good way for me to transition to some of these topics. You know, some of the things that popped up this week are crazy. You have scientists calling for population control, all the stuff but breaking with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, there's there's... This Mexican attack at the border with Mormons, a lot of crazy stuff is going on. That is for sure. Uh, but for me to switch up and start talking about this, some of the things in the news, you know, I told you guys that with 
paranormal perspective, the intention behind that was to basically pull people together, let them know that they're not alone whenever they're experiencing these types of things. You know, to use, to use our platform covering these controversial topics to bring people together. But now, a, uh, a team of academics from the Swyburn University in Health studied 1,500 Victorians aged from 12 to 25 and examined their experience of loneliness. Social media is driving a global ec- epidemic of loneliness among millennials. I intentionally decided to use our platform to create something to, 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 to foster discussion about these topics, to let people really have deep discussions about these things. As I say it all the time, duke it out in the comments, break these things down. In a weird way, we all have a strange synergy together, but it seems like social media is driving a global epidemic of loneliness amongst us all. This is an article put up by the, by the Mind Unleashed uh, by Tyler Durden. They put this up November 4th. It says a team of academics from Swyburn University and Vike Health studied 1,500 Victorians aged 12 to 25 and examined their experience of loneliness, asking questions about their symptoms of depression and social anxiety. The study confirmed that loneliness, the biggest driver behind symptoms of depression, has become a global epidemic tied to the, rest, t- tied to the rise of social media. Here's what they found. One in four young people aged 12 to 25 reported feeling lonely for three or more days within the last week. Among 18 to 25-year-olds, one in three, 35%, reportedly feeling alone, feeling lonely three or more times a week. We also found that a higher level of loneliness increases a young adult's risk of developing depression by 12% and social anxiety by 10%, according to the WEF. Adolescents aged 12 to 17 reported better outcomes, with 1 in 7, 13%, feeling lonely three or more times a week. Participants in this age group were also less likely to report symptoms of depression and social anxiety than the 18 to 25-year-olds. There is some evidence that those who are lonely and more likely to use the Internet for social interactions while spending less time on legitimate interactions. However, some argue that social media can be used to replace offline relationships with online ones, citing one new study. And I want to, I want to take a pause there simply because I think that's the category that I'm in. Uh, with how many different things that we discuss on the show, you know, I, I, can, I think you guys kind of all understand from now, I'm definitely not a normal person. And this is what I kind of want everybody else to understand as well, is they are not a normal person. But what's, 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 what's happened with social media is it has taught us, it has trained us to compare our lives with other people instead of appreciate and be grateful for what we have. We flip through Snapchat, we look at Fedbook, we go through Instagram, we think, gosh, my life, it never looks like that. Gosh, my life, it's not so cool. And as my buddy, uh, uh, George, Georgie says, uh, Georgie Treblecliff, we've had him on the show uh, with the Proud Boys out here. We have more people trying to keep up with the Kardashians than we do with the Joneses. We have more people trying to live this fake synthetic life online because they can be pictured, it can be packaged, it can look the best way you want it to. It's that perception check. You see, remember I talk about that facsimile of the real, how people want this fake stuff to be real, and that's not what's real. That's not, that's not, that's not what's important. Not, not your follower count. Not winning some battle on the Internet. Not following all these people who can just flex in front of you. What's important is being able to take into account what you've created, what you're, what you're taking a part in. 
you know, I'll say this before I go on like a whole nother jack because I don't want sick brain to take over. But I had posted on Liberation Legion this guy, this this guy that literally made a camper van from scratch. One guy does it, hardly gets any attention. And then I take a, a little scroll down on my regular page, and then what do I see? Girls twerking. Celebrity posts them from from Florida. And, and, and I kind of got frustrated because this is why people aren't moving forward. We glorify that decadence and that debauchery. There's nothing wrong with twerking. I get that. Some of that is actual cultural. It comes from different parts of Africa. I get that. But what happens over here in America is we love to perverse things. We don't glorify education. We don't, glorif- we don't idolize wisdom. You know, we don't prioritize knowledge. You see what I'm saying? We just get up involved in all of this, this, this wicked stuff, and it messes with the wrong parts of our brain. I mean, heck... I'll say this and get back into this article. Uh, the co-founder of FedBook, Sean Parker, I say this all the time. He, he knows that with FedBook and social media, they're exploiting a vulnerability in, 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 in human psychology. I didn't get around to posting it, but there was a fantastic uh, infographic that went around this week that explained the differences between dopamine and serotonin because they are not the same. Yes, it, it was like with pleasure and happiness, but I digress. My point behind explaining these things to you guys is it's what people consume. It's what they participate in. It's what they want to be. It, and, and this is why with our platform and with the content we cover in the, in the way that we cover it, I try to inform you guys. You see, they use these tools of enslavement as such. I try to use these tools of enslavement as tools of enlightenment to make you more aware of these things so you're not twice as susceptible. But get back into this. It says, however, some argue that social media can be used to replace offline relationships with online ones, citing one new study. Another recent study found that the relationship between social media use and psychological distress simply isn't all that clear. Over a six-month period, people who are lonely are more likely to experience higher rates of depression, social anxiety, and paranoia. Being socially anxious can also lead to more loneliness at a later time, the study said. But when people do get out, there and socialize, they are more likely to engage in self-defeating actions, such as being less cooperative, while also showing more negative emotions and body language. This is done in an often unconscious attempt to disengage and protect themselves from rejection. Now, doctors are increasingly challenging young people to identify their strengths and learn how they're important in in forging strong, meaningful relationships. Yes, precisely. This is exactly what I want to do with Liberation Legion on the side with the life coaching thing is to help people out. You know, I, I, I talked about this earlier this week uh, in, 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 on Instagram Live with people, you know, talking about weaponized weed. I had referred to whenever we had Riza Islam on Fellowship and Freedom and also how we talked about the chemicals, more or less, that they're putting in weed is what people are becoming addicted to. But the reason I'm saying all of this is because of the, the specific DM I got from somebody who says that they had an addiction with weed. The point I'm trying to talk about is people have all of these great strengths, but they amplify their weaknesses and then they turn themselves, they, 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 they engage in that, in that self-defeating behavior. They don't know how to take, a, take pride in themselves, be happy, be content, be grateful, understand their strengths, work on their, their cons, uh, and, and, and then at the same time, work with other people because that's what it's all about. I can't talk to you guys enough about how 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 having different friends. I've ta- I've actually talked about it here on the show. Having having uh, drinking buddies, business partners, prayer uh, prayer friends, uh, having workout buddies, having all these different people in your life, it helps you really grasp things in a completely different way. And I think that's what you guys kind of see with the variety of guests that we have on the show. 
uh, uh, but just keep this stuff in mind because this is this is what I mean by the socialist credit society. People needing to understand what's happening to them, and I think this is actually in the WikiLeaks earlier uh, that came out with Hillary Clinton a few years back, that they want to use social media to keep people weak, insecure, depressed, separated. They don't want, and that's, that's the problem with all this polarization too. They don't want people to come together and have healthy, constructive conversations about things that can unify them. They have to keep them in a, in a, in a state of chaos and unbalanced. Uh, but if you think we're dealing with it right now, that we are having issues with it, Social media and what it's doing to society, very, ripping it, ripping the very fabric of society. Well, check this out. They say that screen time is literally ripping the fabric of children's brain. That screen time is changing children's brains. We put this up November 4th. It's from the Dredge Report feed. It says young children who get more screen time than doctors recommend have differences in part of the brain that support language and self-regulation. A study at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center has found... It's not clear how the changes affect a child's development, the researchers said. The study put 47 healthy Cincinnati area children between 3 and 5 through magnetic, reson magnetic resonance imaging of their brains as well as cognitive testing. While the study did not learn how screen time changes the brains, it did show that skills such as processing speed were affected. Quote, screen-based media use, use is prevalent and increasing in homes, child care, and school settings at even younger ages, said Dr. John Hutton, the author of the study and the director of the Reading and Literacy Discovery Center at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Quote, these findings highlight the need to understand effects of screen time on the brain particularly during stages of dynamic brain development in early childhood, so that providers, policymakers, and parents can set healthy limits. Yeah, I would, I'm going to go ahead and pause there. Yeah, you know, I, I talk to parents, I talk to grandparents, uh, I even talk to people at daycare, teachers too, <laughs> about that, limiting children's screen time. Because that thing, I, I, it's literally like a pacifier. That is the modern day pacifier. Kids don't go Google Gaga no more. They say Google YouTuber. They want they want the they want the pad, man. They want the toy because they have been addicted to how their brain reacts on these chemicals. It is that neuroplasticity. It is that neural uh, uh, feedback, so to speak. Your brain chemistry is different. We've talked about it here. The blue light, how it emits into your eyes. It messes with your retina. It, 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 it messes with your brain configuration. And if we're giving these tools to kids, you betcha it's having an, it, you bet it's having an adverse effect. But that's something people don't think about. They, they don't think about that when they're scrolling through their fed book and their kids over here crying for some, uh, for some oatmeal and some orange juice. And they're just like, hey, kid, take the iPad. Kid forgets he's hungry, starts watching junk on YouTube. Bing, bang, boom. Some of these, some, some parents literally let their kids play these video games, uh, get, get their own Xbox accounts, and it's just, it's crazy to me because we already see them absorbing the essence and absorbing the future from the children. Uh, so if you think that we have a depression about us, these kids are already going into the matrix. They're forming those relationships with their friends online, but that's why they're creating like a whole global standard with all this stuff. There was an article that came out earlier this week too, and talked about this kid in Taiwan. His dad was like a was a was a was part of the Air Force. Kid was like uh, maybe eighteen or so. He died of a stroke. He was playing like overnight video game sessions all the time, and whenever the sun would come up, he would just you know get 
he would close the blinds, go get some more monster, and come back and sit in his game chair. The dad woke up one morning, you know, it's like, what's I haven't seen my son in a few days, basically. Walks in there, finds his kid stiff as a board on the floor. So if you think screen times is changing children's brain and you think we're already having an issue with social media, this is what I mean by what's going on with technology and how it adversely affects us. But see, here's another thing that popped up this week that, that I'm probably going to refer back to if sick brain doesn't take over. Uh, right here, inferiority complex. Eight in ten millennials believe they aren't good enough. They are not good enough. Remember all those things that this, this, this is why part of this gig is making people realize their divinity, okay? This comes from the Judge Report feed, too. We put this up November 4th. Before I get into this, part of, part of, part of the whole removing God, promoting nihilism, apathy, kill yourself, suicide spirit, murder, 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 death cult talk, part, part of all of that is to give you no hope, just to make you just think, you know what? Why don't I, why, I should just give it up. What's the point in fighting? What's, what's, what, what can one person like myself do? Well, I don't know, because I'm, I'm here basically on a sick day still doing all this. What can one person do? You see, people don't feel like they're good enough, not only because they're not telling themselves, but you don't see that happening in society. Remember how I always talk about how we communicate dictates how deeply we connect with ourselves. The reason I'm able to get up over here and do all these things with you guys is because I'm living in that authenticity. I don't have anything to hide. You see, a lot of people have never had somebody shoot them straight, and so they always look for a deception or manipulation, deceit, or trickery, and that's lies. That's something they've got to work through. But you realize you're good enough whenever you've taken the time to look at what you've done, where you've been, and where you're going. Whenever you're always trying to be compared, and this goes back to what we were talking about beforehand with social media driving that divide, whenever you're always trying to compare yourself against all these other people, the view count, the follower count, the share count, you know, all the likes and the tension and the, and the celebrity and the popularity and the, and, and the attention, when you get that dopamine hit, right, when you're looking for that and you don't get that, you're obviously not going to feel good enough. Let's get into this article. It feels like every day there is another article published blaming millennials for this or that. A certain industry in decline. Millennials must not be involved. Not enough money being generated in certain sectors. Those stingy millennials are spending too much money on, on avocado toast again. Fair or not, young adults of this day and age have become a scapegoat of sorts of a myriad of societal problems and changes. What seems to be lost in this conversation is the effect that all of this has or is having on many millennials' mental health and self-confidence. Now, a new survey consisting of 2,000 millennials aged 22 to 38, hey, that's me, has revealed some troubling statistics regarding how young adults see themselves in comparison to both their peers and older generations. An astounding 8 in 10 flat out believe they are not good enough in virtually all areas of their lives. Furthermore, three-quarters of the survey's respondents admit that they constantly feel overwhelmed by pressure to succeed in their careers, find a meaningful, relationship, a meaningful romantic relationship, and meet others' expectations. I want to pause right there, because that is very true. This is, this is very true. Uh, the societal pressures, and this is why you see the whole socioeconomic reformation, the whole socio-political reformation, this is why you see society changing, is because... We can't uphold these things. This is why we love IKEA furniture and have it sent to us because the blueprints are there, but we just like to make it. We can't craft it ourselves, but we like having that, that, that feeling with it. 
And so previous generations, they scoff at you like you can't build a chair out of nothing. What's wrong with you? It's like, sorry, I'm not going out of nowhere to chop down a tree to build all the stuff that I need. It's a different day and age. But once you get to that understanding that the man fits the times or it's the times that make the man, you tell me, that's whenever you're able to be more content. You don't look for the feedback of, your, of, of, of necessarily your peers or your elders. You begin to move in concordance with your own agenda or at least in your own, in your, in your own progression. Everybody's always going to have something to say about your life. But if you don't have an idea of what you're doing with yourself, then they're always going to tell you what to do. The, the, the best way to explain this, too, is with emotions, being a slave to everything external instead of having control over yourself. So don't you ever let society tell you who you are. You have always been good enough. That's the problem. We're too busy listening to everybody who, aren't, who, who don't want to be good enough with themselves. That's why we hear this phrase coming out these days, uh, living my best life, because that's what people need to understand. But that's a whole different discussion between like society and the philosophy and religion and divinity. But you, I hope you guys get what I'm saying. Continuing on with this, this article, it says another seven and ten millennials say that daily chores like going to the gym regularly, maintaining a presence on social media and making enough money are among the top reasons why they feel overwhelmed from time to time. That's what I do like every day. In all, 80% of respondents even say these worries have negatively impacted their sleep. And 79 admit that their overall mental health has suffered. This is why you have to practice discipline. This is why I'm trying not to post anything past 6, 7, or 8 o'clock Mount Standard Time over here. And why I don't post on the weekend. Get control of yourself. Don't be a slave to the siren song of technology. That's techno sorcery. The survey, commissioned by plant-based food processor Alpro, found that the average millennial feels in inadequate roughly 130 times per year. There's only 356 days in a... That's like one-third of the day, or one-third of the year. Yep. You guys will correct me on that math, sorry. Sick brain. Uh, continuing on, perhaps our current social media culture that places status and appearance over everything is also to blame for this disturbing trend among millennials. For example, many respondents say they feel great pressure to walk at least 10,000 steps each day, but some property but some property as soon as possible, or buy some property as soon as possible, own a nice car, and stay up to date with the latest fashion trends. And that's not even accounting for, one, for other more mundane responsibilities, such as staying on top of daily commitments, maintaining an active social life, making new friends, eating enough fruits and vegetables, and you get it. The idea is that this is unsustainable in the United Nations own words. You know, and this is why I try to advocate to people to really forge for themselves, to deprogram themselves, to really look at things. You know, you, you know, you will never hear me sit up over here and talk about uh, Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead, any of these things that are pop culture because they're all programs. This is why people like I, I think this this is why people are the way they are. They don't understand that they're literally being programmed. They don't feel like they're good enough because there's something external saying, hey, you're not following this law, you're not doing this the right way, and it's that repetitive nature of being told you're wrong, you're bad, humans bad, earth good. It's, it's that nature, that pattern that messes with us, you see. And that's what people need to take a step back. But the whole point behind this, this, this kind of social Pavlovian programming that we see taking place the whole point behind this is to get people to react to certain stimuli, to break you down so that you are not vigilant, so that you're not woken up, so that you're not sober-minded, you see. 
because nobody can mess with you whenever you have control of yourself. They have to keep you disheveled in the dark, broken, withered and weak so that you can be easily shuffled into your, into your position, controlled. They want to sleepwalk you off of this, this ledge and have you kill yourself. And what better way to do it than to constantly remind millennials, the ones that could change all this goodness, what better way to do this than to, 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 to castrate the change makers? I mean, this is what I tell you guys all the time with, with, with all this crazy abortion nonsense. Uh, this is why they're doing all this, to control the future. Because all these children that should be born, they're being, they should be born to help redirect everything that's going on. The same way that the, our whole generation should be doing this, 22 to 38, we should be trying to change this whole system. We are. But in doing so, there's crazy things that are, that are appearing. Uh, but speaking of which, this is, one of the, this is another tool that the system is doing or using to try to gain back control. Because you do have change makers being born. You do have societal influence uh, being, being, being altered. You have the social credit score being erected so that it can shame people. Again, shame, shame, shame. Keep you in a position of disenfranchised power to where you're more easily manipulated. Uh, this comes from Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. We put this up November 5th. It says Chinese social score or Chinese social credit score publicly shames bad citizen for jaywalking. Audio listeners, and for everybody else, I'll describe it to you. It's got it's a giant TV with four panels on it. Uh, it shows the offendant's it shows the offendant's picture, his name, and all kinds of other information. Uh, right before he jaywalked, while he was jaywalked, and then right next to him as he was jaywalking. The idea is to shame people into making these social, the socially and politically correct moves. Uh, but this is a video out of China shows a citizen being publicly shamed and having his photo and idea card flashed up on a big screen for crossing the road on a red light. Chinese facial recognition system to discourage minor traffic violations. Cross the road when you shouldn't and a picture of you with your name, your ID and card pop up on the big screen for everyone to see. Tweeted Matthew Brennan. The communist country's vast network of facial recognition surveillance cameras are being linked to ID cards, producing the kind of dystopia that would make even George Orwell roll in his grave. Under its social credit score system, China punishes people who criticize the government as well as numerous other behaviors, including bad driving, smoking on trains, buying too many video games, buying too, many, too much junk food, buying too much alcohol, calling a friend who has a low credit score, having a friend who has a low credit score, Posting fake news online, visiting unauthorized websites, walking your dog without a leash, and letting your dog bark too much. Back in August, the communist state bragged about how it had prevented 2.5 million, quote, discredited entities from purchasing plane tickets and 90,000 people from buying high-speed train tickets in the month of July alone. As we previously highlighted, Chinese citizens will also be forced to pass a facial recognition test to use the Internet. Thank God, here in the West, we don't get publicly shamed, deplatformed, or punished for our political opinions or perceived misbehavior. Oh, wait. We already do. We actually already do. But my point behind changing that up, talking about how they have to keep you disheveled to institute the social credit score system so that you will care, that's why people will engage in all this political correctness. 
Ben Carson came out a few day, a few weeks ago that talked about how political correctness is going to destroy this country. But it's the political correctness, the virtue signaling, the jumping whenever they want you to jump, buying into the lie, buying into the propaganda, as I said before, being shuffled and sleepwalked into the position that they need. They need to do that for the next system to create the drones and the automatons for the social credit society. And we're actually seeing more of this social credit society talk being created, more of this smart city initiative being created, the technocracy. We have sidelock labs from Google and how smart cities will create a for-profit social credit system that controls judges and police. That to me is crazy. I get this image of Judge Dredd, of like the classic Judge Dredd, where they're just like standing over a holographic table, sending out like judges to go execute people. Let me play for you guys this, this video and then we'll get into this article. Well, a plan for a high-tech, internet-connected neighborhood in Toronto has hit a major snag. And Kavukian, a high-profile advisor and former Ontario Privacy Commissioner, is resigning because she says her concerns are not being addressed. Now, Sidewalk Labs, a Google sister company and Waterfront Toronto, have submitted a proposal for a 12-acre community on the city's waterfront. The plan calls for the installation of data-gathering sensors such as pedestrian counters, Kavukian fears residents' privacy might be compromised. Well, joining us now is Anne Kavukian herself, and thank you for joining us today to talk about resignation. Uh, you know, we touched upon it in the introduction, but in your own words, why did you decide to resign? I was hired by Sidewalk Labs to embed privacy by design into all of the smart city operations. This is, I developed Privacy by Design years ago. It's a framework of proactively embedding much-needed privacy protective measures. Well, plan for a high-tech... Yeah, because nobody wants to be surveilled 24-7. It says smart city surveillance is much worse than anyone could have imagined. Two years ago, they revealed how a CIA signature school was installing thousands of CCTV cameras and microphones in smart cities, but Sidewalk Labs wants to take public surveillance to a whole new level. The Globe and the Mail revealed that Sidewalk Labs' Yellow Book, a guidebook designed to help Google employees build a smart city from the ground up, would give their employees control of public services. Yellow Book describes how Google plans to turn at least four major cities in North America into Sidewalk Labs smart cities. The book proposed a community that could house up to 100,000 people on site of up to 1,000 acres and contain case studies for three potential sites in the United States, Detroit, Denver, and Alameda, California. It also includes a map with dots detailing many other potential sites for Sidewalk Labs' first project, including a dot placed on the shores of Lake Athabasca in North Saskatchewan. The fourth area, Toronto's waterfront, has received lots of criticisms from privacy experts, with some going as far to call it as to, to call it what it is, surveillance capitalism. Quote, the smart city project on, on the Toronto waterfront is the most highly evolved version to date of surveillance capitalism, U.S. venture capitalist Roger McNa McName wrote to the city council, <laughs> suggesting, uh, suggesting Google will use algorithms to nudge human behavior in ways to favor its business. Yeah, precisely. Basically what we're talking about here in so many different words is Google creating its own city. The technocracy, the scientific dictatorship, 
Ironically enough, I was talking about this with people basically all throughout like the town, really. You know, because we are out here in the desert in New Mexico, we deal with migrants, and this is where we are these days. When was the last time you heard about a city being built? When was the last time you heard about a, a New York, a Chicago, you know, a, a, a Los Angeles? When was the last time we heard about a city being built where they had, you know, X amount of thousands of jobs, X amount of thousands of houses, you know, different districts? When was the last time we heard about a city being built here in America? And I think the reason for that congestion is for what we're seeing today. They're going to begin rolling out these smart cities to begin to monitor everything because we're in the days of resource management. The Social Credit Society is just that. Uh, because things right now, in their own words, they call them unsustainable. It's too chaotic. They want order. They want people that are easily controlled. You see. And this is why you see them gradually phasing out humanity. Gradually. But how would they do that? How would they get humanity to realize that it's obsolete? As I said before, my whole job, it seems like these days, is to remind people of the divinity that we were born with instead of the divinity that we're abdicating. What I'm trying to tell you guys is this right here. You have humanoid androids beginning to enter the workplace. We were not born to pay bills and die to consume poison. We were not born for this. Even the robots can do this. They can work these menial jobs. As I told you before, creating the drones, the automatons, breaking your will, beating you down, keeping you disheveled, a slave-like mentality, phasing out humanity, and then installing these, these, these humanoid androids. I'll play for you guys this quick video, but it comes from Technocracy News. It was written by Tom Hoyek via CNBC. They put this up on October 31st. Let's go. I'm, I'll read this to you guys. It's captions. It says, at first glance, it looks like this guy's getting a haircut, but really it's a robot getting worked on. The lifelike bot is made by a robotics company, Engineered Arts. Look at his eyes all moving. It says the company makes robots for entertainment, education, and research. The most lifelike model is called Mesmer. Hmm. You got all kinds of faces there. It says Mesmer robots can sense people's body language, age, and mood. And react accordingly. They can even maintain eye contact. You know, if you guys listen to the Instagram live we did earlier this week, we had Monty Sinai join us and we began to talk about clones. And then I went on to uh, detail in our exclusive member section, the part two of it, how there are organ or, or organic robotoids and then you have biological clones. Uh, it truly is a fascinating topic in itself, but the idea is for us to ultimately abdicate our humanity so that we become these types of creatures. But let me get into this article. It says that the technocrat and the transhuman holy grail is not to augment the human experience, but to replace it altogether. With AI hosting the souls of would-be immortals, the android race now has a myriad of startups working feverishly to be first. Russian startup Promobot recently unveiled what it calls the world's first android that looks just like a real person and can serve in a business capacity. RoboC can be made to look like anyone, 
So it's like an Android clone. It comes with artificial intelligence system that has more than 100,000 speech modules. It can perform workplace tasks such as answering customer questions at airports, air, at offices, airports, banks, and museums while accepting payments. November 2019 is a landmark month in the history of the future. That's when humanoid robots that are indistinguishable from people start running amok in Los Angeles. Well, at least they do in the semi, in the seminal sci-fi film Blade Runner. 37 years after its release, we don't have murderous androids running around yet. But we do have androids like Hanson Robotics' Sophia. And they could soon start working in jobs traditionally performed by people. So are you smarter than a robot? Do you have more personality than a robot? You see, really think about all the things they're trying to push to you guys. The world they're trying to create, that social credit society, the, 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 the landscape of the future. Who knows what that will look like? But as I said before, I want the, the, the big takeaway with this segment, gang, is for you guys to understand that they want to keep you in that position where all you do is just take orders to where you obit, you, sub, you, obit, you submit, you obey to where you're controlled, you see, to where you don't know your own thoughts, you don't know your own future. Isn't this what we've been talking about time and time again? Ending the show, asking you good people the question of who offers you your own future? Is it Fedbook? Is it Google? Humans were not meant to just work and pay bills. We were meant for greater things. But I'll tell you what's great, gang. We finished this segment. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about more of this call for population control, really getting into depth. Why do they want to keep you disheveled? Why do they want you to hate yourself? This suicide spirit you guys keep hearing me talk about, this is not like we, we cover news. But when we take this step back and get a different perspective, we really do see things in a different way. We're going to be talking about Omnicide, scientists calling for population control, as well as those Mormons in America that were massacred in the Mexico cartel attack. Really, really crazy stuff is going on these days. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction, Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
Welcome back. That's right. We are here. Welcome back. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. These days are getting crazy. And, you know, I got the sick brain going on, so my mind's kind of having a hard time distinguishing, like, what is normal. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't take NyQuil. I had me a nice cup of chamomile and echinacea tea with some lemon right before I came up here. Some nice honey. Some real nice honey. Uh, organic honey, man. I need to get me some, some Manuka honey. Really, really expensive Manuka honey. It has antibiotic uh, and cancer-fighting properties. And so I want to get that. But, um, yeah, you know, I think... And I, and I think this is a good way for me to kind of intro it. Because we're going to be talking about how they want to kill us all and stuff. You know? I think, a, I think a good way for me to intro this is people don't really know that they have all these solutions at their disposal. They don't know that all it takes is two seconds. Better yet, how about this? I'll say four seconds because we have the attention span of a rat these days. It takes four seconds to just look at everything and to figure out what's going on. To die, to, to, to not only to do self-diagnosis uh, using deductive reasoning, just really figuring out what's wrong with you, looking at your symptoms. Um, and just coming up with a plan of action and then working it and then understanding that part of the transition into getting better is not going to be overnight. Uh, people take all these pills, these pharmaceuticals, these NyQuil's, these are band-aids on the scar that end up doing more damage. Um, and so what I'm really trying to say to people, and you've heard me talk about this with the various guests that we've had on and so much more, is taking your health back truly is a revolutionary act. You know, and in the previous segment, we talked about how they're trying to keep you disheveled, insecure, doubtful, hating, uh, hating yourself, self-loathing, nihilistic, apathetic. They want you to hate yourself. We talk about that because it's very real, you know, and part of that is because people have a negative self-image of themselves. They don't really know how to be appreciative of themselves, uh, be appreciative of their family, be appreciative of the things that they were given. They're too busy hustling, trying to get the next thing that they don't know how to take care of what they have. And that means taking care of yourself. Taking your, getting your health back, getting your mind back, and getting all these things back. This is why we, we, for the past few weeks, have been talking about the evolving warfare thought thread concept, uh, where it's not only bang, bang, shoot them up, they're dead, but where it's also uh, psychological warfare, spiritual warfare, biological warfare. 
and this is what I mean by the by, by the very cause for population control. People have been beaten so been beaten down into such a position of just uh, of, of of self hatred that they're saying, "Hey, give it up! I don't care. Kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me!" And that's kind of crazy. You, these are the very same people who say there is no God. Your God is dead. They hate themselves. They hate everything. And I think people don't understand how that how how we can joke about that here. But the very sickness and the decadence that is rotting through society, it's very real. It has hurtful effects. And, and we've been in this, this, this contention and this hatred for so long, that it's going to take at least twice as long to get up underneath that, or I mean to get away from that, to undo this, this damage. And that's what I'm really trying to tell you, good people. I'm shooting you straight these days because I'm not getting caught up more in the lies. You take a step back, you're able to have a different perception of what's going on. But people don't see that. And that's why you have these people basically calling for omnicide, calling for population control, calling to kill everybody because they don't see a hopeful future. When you have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and, and Beto O'Rourke running around telling the people the world's going to end in 12 years and then all these people ganging up saying, hey, game's over, kill yourself, there's nothing left to live for, that's going to have an effect on the population. That's going to create that self-fulfilling prophecy in so many ways. And this is the world that we're living in today. And that's why, regardless of me being sick, I can't take a day off, gang. As much as I, I mean, I take the weekends off, but as much as I want to, you know, throw in the towel, really think about what we're going up against. Me having a little bit of a cold and rambling for a little bit extra than I expected to, uh, not having control of my thoughts, that's perfectly fine. The world doesn't have control of its thoughts. Our times are crazy. And if you mean what you say, then you'll live by it. And that's why I had to come up here and talk to you guys this way, to shoot you straight, to say, hey, look, these things are going on, but you're going to get stronger as we face them. The evil will not overtake us. It will not overtake you if you let it. You know, I think uh, one of the questions, I, I, I don't know if I'm pulling this out of my, my brain <laughs> or, or if this is sick brain talking or what, but one of the questions I got earlier this week, I don't have them here in front of me, it was asking me, you know, is this ever going to stop? Can you fix this? And I said, you know, it's going to stop for you when you've had enough. And that's what I mean. You, you when, when people are offering up their wounds to the state, uh, doing this abortion and all this other body modification and all this other crazy stuff with the birth control and the, and the, 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 the tender relationships and all this nonsense, when they give it up to, to society and the culture, they're not honoring anything external, anything eternal, anything godly, anything wholesome or decent. My God, the days we live in, guys, it truly is crazy. And I think people need to understand that. But with that being said, let's get into this segment. Let's let's get into some of these, again, crazy things that are going on in this world of ours. Because I, I for the life of me, I wish I could say I don't understand it, but I, t I but I do. You know, just last week, and I wanted to talk about this as we close out the previous segment, you know, we were talking about r robots and clones and all this other stuff. I wanted to talk about this in the previous segment, but just last week, there was an article that came out from Summit.News that said that there's a billboard in London encouraging white people to sterilize themselves. Clearly, we don't cover racist nonsense like this over here, but this is what I'm talking to you guys about. I've had a, I had a roommate uh, back in... Back in like what, 2014, 2013, I had a roommate and 
she dated a guy that had the very same name as me, my legal, my government name. Uh, and the guy was a eunuch. You know, he had cut off his balls because he said, you know, I have a crazy family. My family did all this crazy stuff to me and my sister. I don't want that to perpetuate. So, you know, I just, I just got him clipped. And I thought that was the craziest thing to me because I was like, you wouldn't, you don't want to fix this yourself. Like you want to just go ahead and stop your whole family line. And that's not sterilization, uh, but it is in its own way, shape and form. And so now when you have all these beta male cucks going to these, 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 these feminazi protests, uh, trying to get laid by the wrong people, they're getting themselves sterilized. You know, the, the, the fertility rate is going down. You look at the soy, the soy that's in stuff, how it's, how it's making people infertile, uh, the water as well, the chemicals and things that makes people infertile as well. But now they're just going full, full, full board with it and saying, white people sterilize yourself. And we've talked about this on the show as well, how we don't have the replacement rate numbers. We're not having 2.5 kids. We're, we're killing ourselves. And now you have some, some strange force on the fringe of society trying to, trying to enforce that level of sterilization, enforce that level of population control. You see, let me just get into this and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about these scientists calling for population control. It says a billboard in London, a billboard has appeared in London encouraging white people to sterilize themselves to solve overpopulation. The sign, which was put up on Hollywood Road or Holloway Road, says, quote, imagine the city less crowded. Do your part. Get sterilized. Yay. The, the advertisement betrays betrays a noticeable lack of diversity as it only features characters caricatures of white people and no people of color. Another Twitter user responded to the image by noting that a similar billboard had been erected in his home country of Portugal. Back in 2017, Londoners were hit with a different message after someone painted, quote, sex with refugees is jasmine-scented and beautiful on the side of a building. Promotion of sterilization appears to, have, appears to be having an impact in some Western co- countries where native birth rates are already dropping. The number of Swedish men seeking voluntary vasectomies has risen by 70% from, what, from 1,400 men in 2013 to 2,400 men in 2017 in cities like Stockholm. Uh, the numbers of men sterilizing themselves have doubled over the last five years. This has contributed to the number of Swedes having a 1.78 birth rate, well below the replacement rate of 2.2 children per woman. This compares to just over two children from women and migrant backgrounds. So basically what they're saying is white people are being replaced. This is, this is, this is the truth, and I'm not trying to be racist, but you guys remember that Christchurch shooting in uh, New Zealand a few months back? We did a special episode with it with Lori Alexander of the Underground Resistance Network, we had talked about how it's like the Great Migration or the Great Replacement. I think that's what his uh, his manifesto was. He had wrote like an X amount of pages manifesto talking about the replacement rates and the replacement rates and how those people are being how his people are being replaced and how he wanted to go ahead and kick off all this craziness. But that's what we're talking about right here: is population control, the multicultural agenda. You know, they're 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 going to start curtailing white people. Right now, uh, Africans, not African-Americans, but Africans are having the highest birth rate. This is why you heard a few months back or a few weeks back whenever Kanye railed abortion here in America, because that's the leading killer here outside of cancer, obesity, all this other crazy stuff. Uh, we kill ourselves the most. And so the reason we're talking about all these things is because it's not far off to say that the government 
is domesticating people to kill them. You see, and people don't know. They think it's trendy. Uh, and to me, that's kind of scary. I want to play for you guys real quick where uh, Kanye West is slamming Democrats for putting for 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 pushing bo- abortion and welfare on black Americans just to get that on record. Bro. We brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man. This is a free man talking. Democrats had us voting Democrats for food stamps for years, bro. What are you talking about? Guns in the 80s, taking the fathers out the home, plan B, lowering our votes, making us abort our children. God should not kill. Bro, we brainwashed out here, bro. Tell them. We brainwashed out here. And people don't know it. This is why I tell you guys as much as I can. We have got to begin to reclaim our mind. We have got to begin to reclaim our health. We have got to begin to, to, to stop all of this because this is just pure insanity. And guess where insanity leads to? It, it leads to us killing ourselves, stopping it. When you have men not wanting to be men, women not wanting to be women, nobody wanting to work, all this stuff goes downhill. Let me get in this article. We put this up November 5th. It's from the Judge Report feed. It says scientists call for population control. 40 years ago, scientists from 50 nations converged on Geneva to discuss what was then called the CO2 climate problem. At the time, with reliance on fossil fuels having helped trigger the 1979 oil crisis, they predicted global warming would eventually become a major environmental challenge. The scientists got to work, building a strategy on how to attack the problem and laying the groundwork for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the world's preeminent body of climate scientists. Their goal was to get ahead of the problem before it was too late. But after a fast start, the fossil fuel industry, politics, and the prioritization of economic growth over planetary health slowed them down. Now, four decades later, a larger group of scientists is is sounding another, much more urgent alarm. More than 11,000 experts from around the world are calling for a critical addition to the main strategy of dumping fossil fuels for renewable energy. There needs to be far fewer humans on the planet. We declare, quote, we declare with more than a with 11,000 scientist signatories from around the world, clearly and unequivocally, that planet Earth is facing a climate emergency. The scientists wrote in a stark warning published Tuesday in the journal Bioscience. While warning, while warnings about the consequences of unchecked climate change have become so commonplace, as to inure the average news consumer, this latest communique is exceptionally significant given the data that accompanies it. When absorbed in sequence, the chart lays out a devastating trend for planetary health, from meat consumption, greenhouse gas emissions, and ice loss to sea level rise in extreme weather events, they lay out a grim portrait of 40 years of squandered opportunities. The scientists make specific calls for policymakers to quickly implement systemic change to energy, food, and economic policies, but they go one step further into politically fraught territory of population control. It must be stabilized and ideally gradually reduced within a framework that ensures social integrity, they write. So let 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 me think about that. Let me let me break that down. We've heard this year already that it's the end that it's the end of human supremacy. We hear 
in so many different words that the decision has been made. There will be no more normal humans. You can have your transhumans, right? You can have your autistic children. You can have your drag kids, but you will not have a healthy boy and girl. The word boy is offensive. The word girl is offensive. Families are offensive. This is the all-out assault on what is wholesome, what is natural, and what is God-given. Population control. You have technocrats and satanic Satanists running the game. Outright telling you, look, we got to start curbing the population. we got to start killing you people. There's way too many of you fools. Way too many of you flies. And guess what? Here's the crazy part, because we're going to get into an article where it talks about Omnicide, these earth worshipers, these people that say, hey, look, climate change is causing all this chaos. We need to start killing people. This is what Extinction Rebellion is all about, right? I'm telling you, you need to really understand the threat of the eco-fascist and the eco-extremists, these eco-terrorists, and this whole eco-movement that's coming. It is truly anti-human. It's pro-earth, for sure. We'll have a much greener earth, no doubt. But at what cost? At what point do we get to soylent green cannibalism, recycling humans and turning them into mulch? Or wait, they already did that earlier this year. They, they allowed for human composting in Washington. That's where we're going to go. You see, we already had, comp we already had people talking about uh, uh, cannibalism as a good source for climate change. You know, abortions for climate change. Hell, let's just start killing people. Okay, this is where we're at right now. These people don't care. These people won't kill themselves, but they'll kill you, and you need to keep that in mind. Let me get back into this article. It says the problem is enormous, yet the signatories still manage to strike an upbeat tone. For all the lost chances, progress is being made. They contend, "quote We are encouraged by a recent surge of concern." The letter states, "Governmental bodies are making climate emergency declarations. School children are striking. Ecocide lawsuits are proceeding in the courts." Grassroots civil citizen movements are demanding change, and many countries, states, and provinces, cities, and businesses are responding. The report, however, comes one day after U.S. President Donald Trump began the formal procedure of withdrawing America from the Paris Climate Accord. They're calling for population control. Are you with us or are you not? And if you're not, we're going to kill you. You actually have Google employees demanding an action, immediate action on climate crisis. This, 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 environmental, this environmental stuff that we're talking about, it's really not a joke. I know everybody says climate change isn't real, all these things, it, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's conspiracy, it's fake. I mean, we may know about directed energy weapons, chemtrails, HARP, weather modification, geoengineering, stratospheric aerosol injections. We might literally have patents all the way back from the 1800s that talk about today. But now you have people who are literally whipping the entire world into a frenzy to say, hey, look, this is no more, no, no more talking. We, we, we demand action. Remember, for two weeks, Extinction Rebellion basically raised hell around the entire world saying, hey, look, we demand action on climate change. This is their first year of basically coming out publicly doing this. What happens next year, the year after that? What happens they start getting power? In the third segment, we're going to be talking about if they impeach Trump, what happens if those people get power? Well, check this out right here. Omnicide. More earth worshippers than you think have a desire to make humans extinct. That's right. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you and turn you into mulch for the trees. 
because we're loving. Remember, we played for you guys a few weeks back or a few months back, that vegan activist that ran into uh, that, that farm to liberate those, those rabbits. She ended up saving like a handful and killing the rest, right? These people think they'll have a moral right to do these kinds of extreme things because, well, they're doing it for the planet. You know, there's no, no more people have been killed in the name of God. Like, think about how many, think about how many millions of people have been killed in the name of somebody else's God. That's what's about to start happening with this religion, or with this, 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 this eco-religion, this environmental religion nonsense, this climate change cult. Within, within a lot of, uh, within a lot of the, the conscious community on social media this week, or better yet, within the conscious community on Instagram this week, we've had a lot of, uh, Exposés coming out from the vegan movement. We are takeover, or, or <laughs> Jesse of We Are Takeover, or vegan takeover. He came out basically exposing the vegan agenda, exposing how it truly is a cult. You know how they don't really talk about real things the same way that we expose the the, the new age movement, kind of as a cult where they only push peace, love, light, and unity, but they don't actually talk about the darker side of spirituality and overcoming things. That's the same thing that's going on with the vegan movement. They want you to operate the very same way they do, or, well, you're just not doing it right. But they won't talk about the, the malnourishment, the calcium deficiency, the bone decay, any of this type of stuff. They just want you to be able to virtue signal and say you're eating healthier because you care about everything else in the planet, you see. But thankfully, like I said before, people like Jesse of Vegan Takeover, now We Are the Revolution, has come out exposing uh, this cult-like behavior that we see happening within the vegan community and the vegan movement, because it truly is turning itself into a religion on so many different fronts. And so that's why I'm trying to explain not only the vegan movement, the vegan agenda, but also this eco-fascism and the eco-extremism that, that, that goes with it. But that ties into this article right here that we put up from uh, Sons of Liberty Media on November 4th by Max Lavo. It says, Omnicide is defined as the extinction of humans at the hands of humans. And one more people than you could think want humanity to become extinct. And eerily enough, we now have the technology to make it possible. With the invention of the atomic bomb, the ultimate self-destruction of humanity and our extinction became possible. Right now, the governments of the world could eliminate humanity with nuclear weapons if they choose to do so. They could also most likely exterminate everyone but themselves as they relax in their safe houses and bunkers built to withstand a nuclear apocalypse. My own research suggests that, per, that a percentage of people who would push the doomsday button if it were placed within Frigga's reach is fairly small, but the absolute number is unacceptably high. Even a quick search, even a quick Google search seems to affirm this. This is said by 10.medium. It says some groups, such as Guy Liberation Front and Eco-Terrorist Group, want everyone dead. GLF says that their mission is total liberation of the Earth which can be accomplished only through the extinction of the humans as a species. In advocating this, they argue that, quote, if any humans survive, they may start the whole thing over again. Our policy is to take no chances, GL GLF contends, that bioengineering is, quote, the specific technology for doing the job right of annihilating humanity, and it's something that could be done just by one person with the necessary expertise and the access to necessary equipment. They continue, Quote, genetically engineered viruses have the advantage of, only, of attacking only the targeted species. To complicate the search for a cure or a vaccine, 
and as insurance against the possibility that some humans might be immune to a particular virus. Several different viruses can be released, with provision being made for the release of a second round after the generals and the politicians had come out of their shelters. Technologies such as gene drives, digital to biological converters, and CRISPR-Cas9 are making it increasingly feasible to synthesize designer pathogens that could be far more devastating than any found in nature, reported 1-0 Medium. What they're talking about is biowarfare, biological warfare, genetically tailored diseases to wipe out people, race-specific bioweapons. Remember, just, just the other week they talked about, what was it, uh, more information confirming that aborted fetal tissues and human genetic uh, code, human DNA, was literally being put inside of vaccines. Imagine that. Imagine if they had the genetic code for a specific human, put it inside of millions of different vaccines, shot those people up, and then in the future, they activated this bioweapon, looked for that specific genetic marker, and then targeted all those people who received those vaccines. That's what we're talking about. Because you have these eco-extremists and these eco-terrorists who want to kill everybody, they'll figure it out. You're dealing with people who are incredibly smart. You're dealing with people who are genius level. But something happened to them and they're broken and they want to kill us all. We're dealing with mad scientists. We're dealing with, with Satanists. We're dealing with nihilists. We're, th this scenario that I just read to you guys real quick right there was essentially the plot of 12 monkeys. You have to understand that you have people who really want to kill the rest of us. The calls for population control are ridiculous. I mean, good Lord. Think about it. Omnicide. We're past genocide. We're past democide. We want, they want omnicide now. And you really, really think about it. Imagine this, three, with, with, with the three-strike rule, right, in the future, because you have, you, you've, you've gone over your allotted resources, right, your allocated resources for the third time. You know, you, you, you forgot to turn a light off or something. These guys come knocking on your door. They kill you because, well, your lifestyle is unsustainable. This is the kind of world they want to create because it's protecting the earth. Humans are bad. They'll, have, they'll, they'll create laws to where it's perfectly fine for people to do these things. You see. But the only way they could do that if they, is if they already have people in a weak and disheveled state. And that's why they want to get people just broken. And that's why you have people joining up with these climate change groups. We've talked about it on the show so many different ways. The scenarios and broken it down. The pathology of some of these people. But that's, that's how it works. You have some of these people who are disheveled and broken being brought in by these organizers, manipulated, and then weaponized. You have these people who have given up on life, who have brought into the climate change nonsense, who don't believe they have a future. They link up with other people who were, air quotes, fighting the climate change and then fighting extinction. And then they get brainwashed, and then they get radicalized, and then they get weaponized, and then they get utilized. And that's how all this works. People have to understand this. It's a, it's, it's a process. Look at, look at the meteoric rise of Greta Thunberg. You see. And whenever you have, <laughs> whenever you have dingbats like Governor Andrew Cuomo over here saying, we didn't have hurricanes before climate change, this is what I mean. Elected officials that are sitting up over here promoting this propaganda, and it's just it, it's just gobbled up. 
is a desperate measure, but I think these are desperate times for the president. Uh, Governor, this morning you were touring flood damage in upstate New York, uh, which has become quite serious. Uh, you actually witnessed, and we're showing some video of it, uh, a baby and a family being rescued while you were assessing the damage. Can you give us an update on the flooding situation and what you saw? You know, Ali, anyone who questions uh, extreme weather and, and climate change is just delusional at this point. Uh, we have seen in the state of New York what everyone is seeing. We see these uh, weather patterns that we never had before. We didn't have hurricanes. We didn't have super storms. We didn't have tornadoes. Uh, this is a storm that came up just overnight, dropped about five inches of rain, uh, and it was literally a matter of life and death uh, for people. I was at one of these sites this morning. Uh, a river overcame the... So there you go. There, there weren't uh, any hurricanes before climate change, don't you know? Because that's how the world works. We came up with the word after the problem. Hmm. Anyway, uh, speaking of things that are causing problems, things because we'll, we're, we're, we have to leave that climate change, environmental, psychological stuff, we have to leave that off for a second. But speaking of things that are messing with us, I think that this is a, a good way for us to pivot because we've been talking about health, the environment, your mind, and so much more. Uh, there are counterfeit prescription pills made of fentanyl that are killing Americans. And for people that don't know what fentanyl is, it's basically like a synthetic drug, synthetic heroin, 50 times stronger than heroin, and it's out there killing people. The Chinese are shipping it in through the through the mail. Uh, other other countries are shipping it in through 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 water. This stuff is it's it's this is again more that biological warfare. This is the real drug that's literally designed to kill people. Let's get into this article. We put this up November 4th. It's from Sign of the Times. It says the Drug Enforcement Agency or the administration issued a warning on Monday about counterfeit prescription pills saying that pills are killing Americans. Quote, Mexican drug cartels are manufacturing mass quantities of counterfeit prescription pills containing fentanyl, according to a press release from the DEA. 27% of counterfeit pills seized by the DEA contain, quote, potentially lethal doses of fentanyl, according to the government agency. Quote, capitalizing on the opioid epidemic and prescription drug abuse in the United States, drug trafficking organizations are now sending counterfeit pills made with fentanyl in bulk to the United States for distribution, said DEA Acting Administrator Udom Dillon in a statement. Quote, counterfeit pills that contain fentanyl and fentanyl-laced heroin are responsible for thousands of opioid-related deaths in the United States each year. Deadly fake prescription pills have become a byproduct of the, of the nation's opioid epidemic. Fake pills look almost identical to oxycodone pills, Jill Head, supervisory chemist at the DEA, told ABC News. Head said that there is typically 30 milligrams of oxycodone in a pill, but the fake pills have no oxycodone in them, only high amounts of fentanyl. Fentanyl is about 50 times more potent than heroin, said Head. Two milligrams of fentanyl is what's considered a lethal dose for about 95% of the population. Black market 30 milligrams oxycodone pills can sell on the street for about $30 per pill, according to the DEA. In August, authorities seized nearly half a million counterfeit pills at a New Jersey storefront, estimated to have been 2.3 million counterfeit drug operation. So think about that. We've, we've we talked about how there are actually, we've actually talked about that, how there's um, 50% of Americans are actually taking pills, how they're on prescription pills, 
But think about that. These people get some of these prescription pills that are laced with fentanyl. They could kill themselves. Think about the kids that are out here doing oxycodones and hydros and lorries and Percocets and all these other stuff. They get some of this, this fentanyl in their brain, bro. They'll kill themselves. They'll overdose. But you see, this is what I mean by the calls for population control. Big Pharma. This is politically correct population control where they give us the poison. We shovel it in our brain and in our body and then we die. These are these, these, this, this is a sick game, you see. A very, very sick game and a very, very distorted reality. Because check this out. This happened just the other week. Illegal fentanyl haul found in Ohio is so enormous that authorities called it a, a, a weapon of mass destruction. And before I play for you guys this, this clip, understand the damage, right, and the pervasiveness of opioids and these drugs and how they're literally killing people. That's why they're saying it's a weapon of mass destruction. They're finding it in ports. They're finding it in stores. They're finding it in the mail. They're finding it everywhere because it has that lethal potentiality to kill people. You see, but here, let me play for you guys this clip. 40 pounds. Just seizing what they say was enough fentanyl to kill the entire population of Ohio many times over. More than 40 pounds of fentanyl seized in Dayton. In a massive bust, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost saying, quote, the quantity of fentanyl in this case amounts to chemical warfare and a weapon of mass destruction. Three people were arrested. They're each facing multiple felony charges. And that bust is just seizing what they say was enough fentanyl to kill the entire population of Ohio many times over. The entire population of Ohio. And who knows, that might just be like a ridiculous amount, man. We, that, 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 it might not be. They might just be exaggerating. But think about that. And, and, and where are they cutting this stuff? Where are they making this stuff, man? And where is it going? We know the effect it's having. It's killing people left and right. You don't got to worry about that. But where, what's going on with this? Like you see, George, Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush Sr. is dead. He was one of the first people that started bringing in cocaine and heroin into uh, the African-American communities back in the 80s, right? Here we have this fentanyl literally just being pushed everywhere. And who's eating it up? The African-American community. And what's gonna, the only way it's going to happen and get awareness is if other, people, if, if other people start dying. You see, who's, who's bringing this stuff in here? Are they... Every time I see the word fentanyl, I'm not going to lie, because I know the Chinese have a hand in it. They're trying to poison us. My mind always goes towards, how do they have these Chinese connections? How are the Chinese getting this stuff in here? Why are they trying to poison us? People, people are switching the hardest stuff because of all of that, because of all the stuff that's going on um, with, with, with fentanyl, with all these drugs. They're trying to kill us. And I'm just wondering where all this stuff is getting in and how it's going to affect us. Uh, but speaking of stuff that affects us, right, or things to just take take a look at, earlier this week, because we already talked about how uh, fentanyl is coming in from Mexico, right? We talked about this, the chemical warfare, the biological warfare, and so much more because we're going to switch up right now. Earlier this week, there was an, uh, uh, an American Mormon family that was massacred and a Mexico cartel attack. They said that it was apparently because they didn't pay them drug money. That's how much influence the the Mexican drug cartels have. 
that they literally can go around and just kill whoever, kill whoever. <laughs> Does not matter. They got in the way. And that, to me, is kind of nuts. But earlier this week, we, we literally saw a family murdered for not paying, essentially, the toll, not paying the, not paying the drug cartel what they wanted. And this is what I mean by the, the, the dangers of having all these drugs, of having them like literally pollute our society and pervade everything. This is why it's so dangerous, you know, because people don't take the time to realize like how it can creep up in people's lives and ruin things. And I'm not saying that these people are involved in drugs, this Mormon family, but what I am trying to reiterate to people is they need to understand the damage that these things do. Here, let me get into this article real quick. And then we'll go over it. We'll go over it more in depth. Right here, American Mormons massacred in Mexico cartel attack. We put this up November fifth. Because from the Judge Report feed, I'll play for you this video, and then we'll get into the article. I think a lot of us are just speechless. It's um, it's horrific. Leah's dad is glued to her phone, waiting for any word from her family members in Mexico. It was late this morning that she heard the news. Leah's sister-in-law, cousin, and nephew's wife left their family's ranch outside of Bavispe, Sonora for a wedding in Chihuahua with their children in tow. My sister could actually see the smoke from her house and they heard the gunshots. She says another family member saw one of the SUVs they had taken on the side of the road a few miles away from the ranch. We just knew that their vehicle was on fire and there were bullet holes all throughout it. And so it took a good hour or so to get the information that they were actually in it, the four children, and that they were all dead. The other two cars, Leah says, disappeared. My sister-in-law was in one with her nine of her children, and then my cousin was in one with her baby. Leah says some of her relatives have recently talked about moving to the States because of the violence there. I think a lot of us are just speechless. At least three American mothers and six children from a Mormon family were killed in a shooting in the Mexican border state of Sonora on Monday in an attack blamed on drunk cartel gunmen. 17 family members from the LeBron and Langford families were ambushed eight miles apart while heading to celebrate a wedding anniversary in three cars from the Mora, a decades-old settlement founded as part of an offshoot of the Church of, La- the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In horrific scenes, gunmen opened fire on one child running away before torching a car as family members burnt to death while trapped inside. Other young children managed to escape and hid by the roadside while a mother was shot in the chest as she put her hands up to surrender. Relatives fear some of the victims may have been raped. One family member said a boy concealed his wounded siblings, some less than a year old, in bushes before he ran back to the nearby town to get help after... Uh, his mother was gunned down. One of the women shot dead was Christina Langford, 29, who saved her seven-month-old baby's life by throwing her to the floor of their SUV as bullets tore through the vehicle. The motive for the attack is not yet clear, although it is possible with an attempted kidnapping. A family member reported receiving a phone call hearing screams before a killer executed them. Good Lord. This is the type of stuff that's going on at the border. This is the type of stuff that's going on in the border. And we're not supposed to say, hey, let's just take it easy. Let's let's uh, let's not have all this chaos and this violence come in here. It is the drug cartels that are the government down there in Mexico. 
and 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 we're not allowed to have control over our borders. We're not allowed to have control over ourselves. I mean, in the next segment, we're going to be talking about gun control. This kind of chaos is going on right down there on border towns, and we're not able to have any layer of, of defense. My God, that's crazy to me. I wanted to get into an article about how uh, one of the women that's involved there, one of the moms that was involved in that actual uh, uh, incident, she actually had ties into the Nixon sex cult, the Nixon sex cult, the one that's been in the news a lot, a lot more so recently. And so some people are thinking, is, 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 is this about the drug money? There is there something else going on in this story here that we're not being told? And I'm sure we'll find out more about that. But think about that. That level of violence and chaos is going on. Torching families, shooting kids, killing people left and right. Kidnapping people. That kind of craziness is going on down at the border. And it's gradually working its way here into the country. You betcha. And while we have all this stuff going on in the border, well, guess what? You have police confirming that a deadly stabbing happened at Popeye's because somebody wanted to return a chicken sandwich. So tonight at uh, 7 o'clock, we got a call for a stabbing. There was a argument that began inside the restaurant behind me uh, between two adult males. That argument spilled out into the street. Um, and one male stabbed the other. The victim, a 28-year-old man from our area, was rushed uh, to a local hospital. Our police officers arrived on scene. They pulled out their medical trauma kits and um, they began to um, apply life-saving measures on him here at the scene. And then he was transported to the hospital. About 51 minutes after the um, initial um, incident, we believe, uh, is when he was pronounced dead at the hospital. What we have since been able to determine through our investigation, our homicide detectives are hard at work on this one, but we have been able to determine um, that uh, preliminarily that this is related to the release of the uh, the sandwich here at this restaurant. Oh my God! But, so tonight at uh, oh seven o'clock. My God! So we out here killing each other for chicken sandwiches. You got families literally being savaged and just like slain out there on the border for God knows what senseless killings, drug money, you name it. I don't know. But here in America, in freaking La La Land, right? Now, you got us over here stabbing each other for chicken. You see, this is the type of sh this is the type of stuff I just get like frustrated about because we have all these real world issues going on and they still got us over here stuck on the plantation acting stupid. I'm I'm trying to talk about interstellar travel, getting us off the planet getting us into space, if, if space is even real, talking about conscious expansion and so much growth, and you got people over here stabbing each other, freaking chicken. This is ridiculous. We're not talking about geopolitics. We're literally talking about what's affecting us here in the, in, in, in the country. Domestic issues, our psychology, our society, this ignorance, all this stuff that's being posted, put, put out there. People that are really, literally willing to stab each other over chicken sandwiches, not because resources are scarce but because that's the culture life is about as valuable as a two dollar bill people don't think about these things this is what i mean by the calls for population control this is the chaos that's going on and this is why we have to do everything within our power to call it out because this cannot continue so if there's anything you guys can take away from this segment is understand that you have there you have evil people out there 
trying to control the population, dehumanize us, depopulate, get us to a point to where we dehumanize ourselves. Like I told you before, abortion is one of the main killers here in America. We'll do it to ourselves. You have people having sex without rubbers, and then you have them having kids, unable to protect them because they want to sit up over here on social media and waste their life away. This is the society that these people are creating. And this is why we can't let that happen. This, this culling, Elon Musk talks about it, this great population collapse is going to take place. I, see, I think we're seeing parts of it right now. A great falling away is happening. And you have people that are aware of all of these societal injustices, environmental injustices, spiritual injustices, academic injustices, all these things going on. You have people aware of these things, and they're either getting caught up in the chaos, or you literally see them creating a, a, a better tomorrow. And it's hard. But like I said, we just talked about a guy getting stabbed for a chicken sandwich. It's going to be crazy all, as all these things get revealed. But that's why you can't get caught up in it. You can't get programmed by the world because what resides in you is not of this world. But I'll tell you what also is not of this world. This break we're going on, it's going to be out of this world. Better yet, it's going to be out of your mind. It's going to blow your mind. I was trying to set that up in a better way, but I think you guys get what I'm trying to say. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into some of the crazy things that are going on. We're clearly talking about the externalization of the hierarchy, uh, the, the, the wickedness that's going on within their own system, and how they're trying to project that on us. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about Hillary Clinton on Trevor Noah discussing Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, U.S. troops just patrolling around out there in Syrian oil fields, as well as Joy, Joy Behar saying, don't warn Americans ahead of time if you're going to take their guns. Just just take them. External, elite externalizations are coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere, friends. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. We'll be right back right after this.
That's right. We're still here. Fighting the good fight as long as we can. You know, these days, I'm telling you, you know, that's why I'm like, even, even with me being sick, it doesn't matter. Hey, even if I have the brain fog brain weighing heavy on my mind right now, it doesn't matter because even still, these things ring true. I'm trying my hardest to, to, to give you the information, fighting through whatever I have going on to still project or not project, but, but to discuss these things. Even if I'm sick, it doesn't mean that George, it doesn't mean that Bill Clinton's not a rapist. <laughs> you know, even if I'm sick, it doesn't mean that Hillary, it doesn't, doesn't negate the fact or devalue the fact that Hillary Clinton trafficked children out of Haiti. Even if I'm sick, it doesn't mean anything that, that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. You see. And so that's what it means. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to get people to say. People want to, we, we, we always talk about this social justice, this, 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 this uh, responsibility to the community, this responsibility to the earth, this, this, this selflessness mindset, right? Uh, the, the, the Machiavellian approach towards things. What's good for the, do things that are better for, that are, that are better for the, the, the society, that are better for the group, not for the person, right? We talk about that, but we don't really talk about the linchpin of that, about being a better person for the community. You know, and so what I'm really trying to say is they promote this domestication because it's easier to submit yourself than it is to define and refine yourself and improve yourself. Uh, they want order takers, not order givers and people that know themselves and fight and build. You know, they're not really order takers, but they, but they're leaders in a sense. They're willing to admit their, their faults and their wrongs. Uh, but what I'm trying to talk to you guys about, because I'm sick brains taking over. But what I'm trying to talk to you guys about is just that, you know, is, 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 is we're always going to have these problems. But if we're able to overcome ourselves and then these things, we, could, we we're able to get a, a, a different perspective on the real solution. You see, we can't allow for ourselves to be tripped up by all these trivial things. These hurdles, these, these, these hiccups, these are the things that define people. It's the times that try the man's souls that define who he is. And with that being said, let's start this segment. You know, I wanted to start this segment off, if anything, asking kind of a quick question. And I don't know if this is to myself or to you, the audience, or just throwing it out there. You know, but I just get, I still just get this image of, of Back to the Future 2, where Marty's walking up to the, to, to Biff Tannen's uh, tower and the cameras are running up on Biff Tannen and we're seeing like a little highlight reel of what Biff Tannen's done a, high, a highlight reel of what Donald Trump's done you know and I think of the environment in which that scene took place the trash the homelessness the military the bikers the kind of lawlessness and the chaos and I just have to ask the question of like you know since they're pushing all this impeachment talk getting Trump and Pence out of office well what's going to happen then does Nancy Pelosi take over? You know, because she's basically speaker in name only. You have Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna, uh, Ayanna Presley, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez basically running the show. They get Trump out of office. These authoritarians get co get control of the country. What's what 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 will that look like? 
I just spent a decent amount of time talking about how if these eco-fascists get, get power, they're going to come kill you. They're telling you outright what it is. AOC is over here making her flagship thing known freshman year in Congress that she wants that Green New Deal pushed. What happens if she gets power? And so if they get Trump out of office, and this isn't me like promoting or supporting Trump at all, but you have to think about who we are going to be trying to hand the mantle over to, or if these people steal it, what they're going to do with it, with this power, it, it it's going to corrupt them. As absolute power corrupts absolutely, they will corrupt it. And then we will, we will literally be in a, a dark age of freedom, a dark age of liberty. We will be in an authoritarian state if these people take over because they're not promoting prosperity. They're not promoting, uh, uh, tr- they're not promoting jobs. They're not promoting true financial stability. They're not promoting peace. They're not promoting ideas. They're not really promoting anything that moves a society forward. If anything, they're just attacking and shooting down all the things that have helped up- uphold a society. They're, they're, they're replacing society. They're changing society. This is the socioeconomic reformation, the socio-political reformation. And as we've talked about with Donald Trump and his conspiratorial attitude, I've always said that the whole idea of Trump coming in is to give us the, the, the image of what America could be doing, only for them to come back and get us into this global communistic state. And that's what you gradually see them doing. So, again, I ask the question of what happens if they get him out of office? In the Trump in the Technocracy episode, we talked about them killing Donald Trump. This is where we're at in these days because we have to logically and reasonably think about these things. Where is that going to go? What world is that going to create? You see. So just keep these types of things in mind, gang. Again, think about the world they're trying to create and the people they would like us to be. So we, we, we left off in the last segment talking about American Mormons massacred by the Mexican drug cartels. You know, people killing each other over chicken sandwiches, getting that Popeyes. I love Chick-fil-A, though. Their mac and cheese is on point. Um, all this violence. You know, Antifa beating people in the head with bike locks. The Extinction Rebellion causing, all, causing two-week-long uh, uh, demonstrations. You have all this chaos, this lawlessness. You have cops killing people in their own house. Amber Geiger uh, killing Botham Jean in his own house, mistaking it for hers. What? You have all this chaos going on, and they don't want us to defend ourselves. That's crazy to me. We left off in the last segment talking about how there were Mexicans, uh, 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 Mormons attacked by Mexican drug cartel members, people getting stabbed, people getting hit in the head with bike locks, tasers, all this crazy stuff, like literally think about the civil disobedience, the civil unrest that we're just chilling with, and they don't want us to defend ourselves because they want martial law to come through. They want the government to defend people so they can selectively defend people. But all this chaos is going on. They don't want us to defend ourselves. And you have Joy Behar, this chick, popping up on the news telling Democrats saying, hey, don't warn Americans ahead of time before taking their guns. Battleground culture war, and he ran as the most left, most woke candidate, and look where he ended. One of the well, first yeah, they should not tell everything they're going to do. Like, if you're going to take people's guns away, wait till you get elected, then take the guns away. <laughs> Don't tell them ahead of time. Which, by the way, that's what, that's what people like me think you're going to do. That's what people like me think is going to happen. But so I appreciate his honesty. Battleground culture war, and he ran as the 
Joy Behar, host of ABC's The View, suggested Monday the Democrats should wait until they are elected in a public office before they reveal to the American people that their plan to ban guns. Quote, they should not tell everything that they're going to do, Behar said. Like, if you're going to take, people ways, take people's guns away, wait until you get elected and then take the guns away. Don't tell them ahead of time. That's what people like me think you're going to do. Co-host Megan McCain quickly responded. Behar's remarks arose during a segment where the panel was discussing former Beto O'Rourke's decision to end his failed presidential campaign and drop out of the race for the Democratic nomination before a single vote was cast. I want to go ahead and get that clip up for you where you have psychopath O'Rourke saying, thank you, saying this has been the honor of my lifetime. I love you all, and I know that I'll be seeing you down the road. This is Beto O'Rourke saying goodbye. Say goodbye, Beto. This has been the honor of my lifetime. I love you all, and I know that I'll be seeing you down the road. Thank you so much. Gracias. Gracias, Beto. Gracias to you, my friend. Get out of here. Uh, so, I just want to say this real quick. Joy Behar saying, you know, we're going to come take your guns. Beto saying, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and your AR, or your AR-15s and your AK-47s. You know, all these people, and I said this whenever we had 20 different candidates, all of these people were never going to lead the country. Not one of them. They were all literally put there to inject talking points to gradually begin to curate this, the, the curate consciousness to manipulate public opinion to insert talking points. Not a gat dang one of these twenty people were literally supposed to were, were supposed to lead the country. Creepy Joe Biden's losing his mind, sniffing everybody's hair, forgetting what he says, babbling up on stage, right? Right? Kamala Harris, she's also drunk sometimes when she answers things, trying to be cool. None of these people, I mean, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Ryan, like none of these people were supposed to be memorable. None of the, Bernie Sanders, unfortunately, he's getting old up there, getting long in the tooth. Uh, he had a heart attack, but they're still trying to run him to give people the illusion of choice. None of these people were meant to lead the country. All of these people were meant to be, po to be popularized. To, again, get to manipulate public opinion, to get people to start thinking about what the United Nations wants them to. Using the State Department, getting people to start thinking in the proper way. This, I've, I've been saying this since their whole debates. Everything that the Democrats are talking about these days, it comes from Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals. Immigration, gun control, climate change, health care, housing, poverty, social justice, racial justice, all this different stuff that you see these people talking about, these talking points, it comes from the UN. So so, so Beto O'Rourke leaving the campaign, he wasn't meant to stay in the campaign. He was supposed to be an agitator. He was supposed to be somebody that gets the people riled up. And that's why they had to glorify him. And if you go look at the real polls, or you look at various polls, not a lot of people are, are liking the direction in which the country's going. I think, uh, gosh, I need to I wish I could, I, I could remember where. I don't think it was a Gallup poll. Freaking A. I don't even want to say it. But it's like 67% of, of Americans don't like the way that the country's going. 
And I'm sure if you look more into those type of polls and break it down to Democrats and Republicans and Libertarians and Independents and stuff like this, we could get more of those types of insights. But what I'm trying to tell you guys is, is, is that they're going ahead full head, full force, and they're going to institute a UN 2030 agenda for sustainable development. We're already seeing it happen in so many different ways. So Joy Behar saying this type of stuff, it shouldn't surprise you if you're paying attention, but it should also scare you if you're thinking about it in an American context. Because even when Beto O'Rourke says, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15 and your AK-47, even when he says these types of things, well, who's going to come take them, Beto? Who, who are you going to, who's going to come take them? You're not going to come take them, your chicken next self. Who's going to come take the AR-15s? And then what's going to happen with that? The sad part is, is they're actually already taking AR-15s from people. And inducting and, and, and conducting these types of red flag gun confiscation laws, they're just trying to keep it hush hush because they know that this is what's gonna this is what's gonna set it off. This is why this whole year has been nothing but being politically charged, politically activated, and aware of all this stuff. You see, because they they they're not trying to start a civil war. We're already in one. The new world order, it's already here. They're, that, they're, they're uncloaking. That's why this segment is titled The Externalization of the Hierarchy, or at least The Elite Externalization. They're telling you, they're telegraphing not only to, to one another what the plans are for sure, but also what's going to happen in the meantime. One of the questions we got asked earlier this week is, you know, talking about elite symbols that they use to communicate. That's it. They telegraph not only through headlines, but posturing how people answer certain questions and so much more. You see, that's and, and that's why you have to learn to read between the lines. I mean, again, think about it. We have stabbings happening over chicken sandwiches, <laughs> ridiculousness. Uh, you you have Mexican drug cartel attacks on the border, uh, domestic terrorist attacks. You have civil unrest, all this other crazy stuff that's going on. They, they, they want to create this air of chaos so that the government can come through and take care of everything. They want martial law. And the only way to do that is to have so much chaos that the government comes through to do those things. So here, let me play for you guys real quick. Uh, just to say goodbye, and this is probably how all the other patriots felt, <laughs> This whatever we heard about... Um, better or work leaving we all probably felt a sigh of relief whenever he left but uh, just for just for good measure i want to play for you guys this clip of beto o'rourke saying hell yeah we're going to take your ar-15 are you proposing taking away their guns and how would this work i am if it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield if the high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield and not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers. When we see that being used against children, and in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15, and that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa and Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? So... I want to say goodbye, Beto, uh, and good luck. 
with that. Good luck with taking the guns. Good luck with, and this is how this, how this all works. This guy probably went around raising all kinds of money, telling people he's going to take everybody's guns, did all this extra stuff that he did, and then he's going to start working in the background to do just that, made all the connections he needs. So I'm saying good luck with that right now, but we'll see you again in the future. I know we will. But speaking of soldiers on the battlefield, quote, we're just patrolling around. U.S. troops give rare interview while occupying Syrian fields. More footage has emerged of U.S. Special Forces occupying Syria's oil fields in the country's northeast after Trump's, quote, secure the oil policy went into effect this weekend. Quote, we are just patrolling around, one American soldier told a regional media outlet outside an oil station under the control of joint U.S. Curtis forces in a rare interview from the ground. Let's take a listen. We appreciate them being so staying in Syria. We're, we're, we're staying in Syria for the oil, essentially. We don't know how long we're going to be there. Uh, this is made after uh, just the other week, Donald Trump saying that we're going to be staying in Syria for the oil. He's keeping a small number of troops there for the oil. I said, well, at least he's being honest, you know, and saying that he's not there to stabilize the country. We're there for the oil. And that's the only thing I can still think to say. All the, all the unrest in the Middle East, and we're still there. You know, almost 20 years later, and we still don't know why we're why we're there. Uh, you know, but let me finish up this article. It says it underscores that in the absence of detailed orders, other than to take oil fields in the Deir Esor and Hasaka regions, there can, there's continued confusion over just what exactly the overall objectives are, or even who is the enemy. Quote: U.S. military commanders overseeing Syrian operations are still waiting for precise battlefield orders from the White House and Pentagon on their exact mission to protect oil fields in eastern Syria, according to a defense official directly familiar with the matter, CNN reported over the weekend. Crucially, it's as yet unclear what the Pentagon's response would be should Russia or Syrian national forces appear or approach the oil fields which Damascus sees as a part of its sovereign territory. Quote, privately, military officials say, say there is nothing in place to address the possibility that Syrian or Russian tanks or aircraft might approach the oil fields, CNN continued. Quote, the plan for now, officials say, is to declare the U.S. presence and warn others, warn other players not to get close. Multiple images surfaced in the past days confirming that Trump's controversial, quote, secure the oil policy is now in effect, though not every, not every of soil's serious oil and gas fields east of the Euphrates have witnessed U.S. forces enter. So basically what we're talking about is just that. We're staying in Syria for the oil. Uh, like uh, not not to destabilize not to stabilize things, but literally just to be there. 
that's sketchy to me. Uh, that's sketchy to me. So while Beto O'Rourke is saying, hey, look, we're going to take your AR-15s, people are getting stabbed for, for, for Popeye's chicken sandwiches, Mormon families are getting massacred, our troops and our soldiers, they're across seas, they're everywhere else. That's just something I think people should really take a look at. You know, uh, <laughs> the fact that we literally don't have anything protecting us here. And we're just we're just stuck. We're unprotected. We're open. We're 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 literally open uh just to get invaded. Just like that. You know? This is what I mean by where the country is going, the type of things they have us doing, and just the insanity of the days we're in. The reason I wanted to throw that in here in the elite externalizations is to show you that we're gonna be in this endless war mindset. There's an article that came out today, or early, earlier this week, that talked about the U.S. Army purchasing 624 robotic mules for combat use. We're not pulling out of anywhere. We're hunkering down. We're getting ready for a conflict. You see? But this is what I mean by the elite externalizations. They're telegraphing, saying we're not going anywhere. If anything, we're doubling down. Truly, mine boggling but we're going to get into something else that is equally as mind-boggling if we can get it up for you guys it seems like there, there there may have been a situation wow i was trying to play for you guys the clip of hillary clinton appearing on trevor noah laughing about getting jeffrey epstein killed but it would seem that it's not available on our instagram profile huh is it that strange? We're going to have to find the actual video. We have the we have the, the the Project Veritas video of the ABC news anchor admitting to covering up the Epstein evidence. We even have uh, CBS siding with a pedophile as they've as they fired the staffer Amy Robach, who had access who 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 did the rant. We have all of these different things, but Hillary Clinton going on Trevor Noah and admitting in a weird roundabout way that she had an involvement with getting rid of Trevor Noah. Oh, it's right here. Sorry, didn't go back far enough. That was my, that was me being dramatic right here. Crooked, crooked Hillary Clinton laughs and cackles as Trevor Noah from The Daily Show asks her how she killed Jeffrey Epstein in his federal prison cell. Let's play for you this and I'll get into the article afterwards. Um, Hillary, I have to ask you a question that has been plaguing me for a while. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> because you, you, you're not in power, but you have all the power. <laughs> I, I really need to understand how you do what you do. Because you seem to be behind everything nefarious, and yet you do not use it to become president. <laughs> What is the game plan? <laughs> well, Trevor. What is, what, but honestly, though, what does it feel like being the boogeyman of the right? Well, it's, it's a constant surprise to me. Um, because the things they say, and now, of course, it's on steroids with uh, being online, uh, are so ridiculous beyond any imagination that I could have. And yet they are so persistent. Um, Hillary. Well, it's because you're a liar, Hillary. Li yes, liars do have avid 
vivid imaginations, but it's because you're a liar. There's no way. The truth is really stranger than fiction. You're a liar. You're, you're engaged in fiction. We're over here engaged in the truth. You see. <laughs> I'm going to play for you guys a few clips just to get this on record. We all know that Hillary Clinton had, had, had ties to Epstein. Hillary Clinton going over to Trevor Noah to do this. This is damage control. This is human resources. This is, this is doing... <laughs> this is covering it up. The world kept Jeffrey Epstein's nonsense alive with these Epstein's didn't kill himself memes. And so she decided to pop back over here. Show her face. Bear those dark teeth of hers, that dark soul, and show us who she truly was. The information is going to come out. She can't hide it. You see. But this is, this is damage control. Because again, I'll say this and I'll play for you guys this next clip. Remember... Why is Hillary Clinton, what, or think about this, why is Hillary Clinton still around? Bet the O'Rourke dropped out. Joe Biden's going to drop out. I'm telling you, he's going to, he, he will. Uh, Bernie Sanders, he may not drop out. We'll see. They might give us that illusion of choice. It seems like Elizabeth Warren is getting attention. Seems, uh, information came out that George Soros is donating to her campaign. There's very few people that are going to be actual candidates, but it's all going to eventually drop back into Hillary. Tulsi Gabbard and Hillary Clinton are kind of doing their political back and forth just to get attention, but it's going to be Hillary. Why are we seeing Hillary? As Trevor Noah said, she, she has all the power. Why are you not president? Because she has more power by being the shadow president. The same way that she was doing stuff underneath Obama's administration is the same way that she's still conducting things now, quarterbacking everybody else's campaign. You see. So earlier this week, and I'll play for you guys this clip after a few others, but earlier this week, the good folks over there at Project Veritas caught a, 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 a anchor at um, CBS or ABC News anchor, Amy Robach. She got caught on a hot mic where they had all the information about Jeffrey Epstein and Clinton for years, for over three years, but they were forced to cover it up. They were forced to stop talking about it because the mainstream media is complicit because they knew they have to engage in propaganda, not information. Because the media corporations are owned by, but because media is owned by six corporations, they all have to move song and dance. Could you imagine that? Knowing the truth and having to lie to the public? And then on top of that, having to uh, enforce your political lying views? Think about that. I mean, just the other week, we had uh, another insider, Carrie Porch, a CNN insider from Project Veritas, talking about their political bias, their vendetta that they had against Trump. Now we have people within ABC News talking about how they knew about the Jeffrey Epstein cover-up, what was going on at St. James's Island with the Lolita Express and so much more. And now, after Amy Robach had that hot mic uh, video dropped, right here, CBS sided with a pedophile network fire staffer who'd had access to Robach Epstein rant. CBS has fired a female staffer believed to have had access to a candid tape of host Amy Robach complaining that in 2016, the network shelved her scoop on Jeffrey Epstein's sex crimes, according to page six. And I'm going to play for you guys just real quick a clip that has just the intro uh, for the Project Veritas expose. 
I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out. And it's like these new revelations. And I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my God. We, I, I've had the story yep. for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia. I know how you feel. I sound like a crazy person myself over here talking about all this. But Tucker Carlson over there at fake, not fake news, but over there at Fox News. Uh, recently had on Katie Pavlich to talk about ABC protecting Jeffrey Epstein. So again, more of that media complicity. I'm going to play for you guys this real quick clip where it says report links ABC News's Jeffrey Epstein cover-up to the Clintons. Maybe? Okay. We're going to play for you guys that clip here again. Second, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, but this is, again, showing you that the mainstream media is complicit in covering up the crimes of convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Took this story to superiors, and they said, I don't know who Jeffrey Epstein is. His name was already all over the news as a convicted sex offender. Yes, he had already been to prison. Okay. Uh, and then after that, he held a fancy party at the same townhome where he uh, molested a number of women um, and brought other men to molest uh, girls and women. He held a party where Prince Andrew was present, and George Stephanopoulos was then at the party. And later, when he was indicted again over the summer for even more egregious crimes before he was uh, found dead in his jail cell, Cell, he issued an apology and said, you know, it was bad judgment for me to go to that dinner party uh, after he had been in prison. Um, so this all comes down to the Clintons, George Stephanopoulos working at ABC, uh, and the circle of connections that they have there in protecting not just the Clintons, of course, because that is something that they are willing to do for political purposes, because according to ABC, at the time, Amy Robach, yeah. it's one big club. And you ain't in it. The Clintons covered up for Epstein. Epstein worked with Bill Gates. He also worked with Elon Musk. He worked with a lot of different tech heads. This Epstein thing is actually pretty big, and I'm actually surprised to see even Tucker Carlson cover it. And ABC News. I'm just cra- this is this is to see Fox News cover this. We're beginning to see the watershed burst. We're about to see the dam break open. Because all this stuff, all these these revelations, the child sex trafficking, the human trafficking, the satanic ritual abuse to childs, all of it, it comes with this. He's one of the most prolific pedophiles in modern history, in American history. And no one knew about this? Because no one knew about it because they were all complicit. And that's the angle that we need to come at it from. The mainstream media is complicit. Politicians are complicit. Big tech heads are complicit. And so much more. And so to close out talking about elite externalizations, because people need to understand that the political elite, the ones at the top, 
the people that are running things, they'd like to do evil and dark things behind closed doors. And this is literally a window into it. And when you align yourself with this anti-human satanic state that we have today, you are essentially going against what is wholesome, what is decent, what is natural, what is God-oriented, all of these things. You see how even the environmentalists now who say they care about the earth and they want to preach all this, 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 this love and positivity, how even they are succumbing to the political venom, the evil that disguises itself as good. This is what I mean by the externalization, the elite externalization. These people, they come in the name of good and all they leave in their trail and their wake is destruction. I want to play for you guys real quick, just to get it on record, Project Veritas's intro of them exposing how ABC News knew about Jeffrey Epstein cover-up right here. ABC anchor admits network covered up Epstein evidence for years. And I'll attach this uh, in the link in the description bar below so you guys can check it out. It's on our Instagram TV. The full clip itself, it seems like, is unplayable in this format but you can watch it on your phone. It's about seven minutes long. Please do so if you're curious, or just go to our Instagram page, go to IGTV, and look for uh, the thumbnail right there. And the reason I'm saying all this, guys, is because I know people understand these things, but we have to come at this from like a uh, an evidence-research-based point of view. We have to provide the evidence to you guys in so many different ways, have a historical perspective, and put all these pieces together so we can make these type of projections and this type of analysis to offer the insight that people need to move forward in their life. Don't get caught up in the wickedness. Don't get caught up in the wiles of the devil, the devil that's in the details. Understand that we do have greater things ahead of us. We literally just have to expose all this darkness to understand why we can never let it happen again. We have to call these people out for the injustices and the wickedness that they pervade, that they pervade upon us so that we know what to look for. As I said before, time and time again, as this evil evolves, righteousness will rise to meet it. That's how the universe works. And these evil people will get their just dues. We're just literally. Literally stuck here trying to figure all this stuff out. However, this is Social Credit Score Society calls for, co for population control and elite externalization. I know, we kind of went all over the place, still fighting the brain fog, but as we were going to break, I noticed that the drag queen that did a, did, a, did, a, did a play of the abortion, whatever that was, spirit cooking ritual that we all saw, that is the pure and total wickedness, the, the pure and total manifestation of wickedness that I could have ever described to people, and this is exactly why we do everything we do, because as wild as it sounds, it's even worse than you can believe. And that's why we have to do this. We have to expose their lies and share the truth. Yes, the days are getting dark, but we will bring out the light to expose it all. As we go to break, or at least as we close out this episode, I want people to think about this. Will America and the world be reborn, or will it be burned? However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. 
If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. Weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.